It's time to be the queen of your stress. With the queen of stress, Dr. M. Hey there, BQS listeners, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm Dr. M, and this podcast is designed to help inspire change in how you see, manage, and use your stress, so you can be the queen of your stress, not your stress being the queen over you. In today's episode, I'm super excited uh, because I want to talk a bit more about optimism. In fact, talk about optimism. I'm not sure if we've actually done an episode as such on optimism. I know it's certainly come up over the time of our 104 episodes. Can you believe that's what we're up to? 104 episodes we've been, we've, I've been talking about how to be the queen or king over your stress rather than it being the king or queen over you. And let me tell you, over that last 104 weeks, uh, things have not always been uh, sunshine, roses, love and light. I can tell you that much. But I wanted to talk a bit more about how I manage to stay in an optimistic state more often than not and why it's so important. There's a couple of key factors when it comes to optimism. I think it's really important to to share and to discuss because there's a difference between being uh, optimistic in situations, even when they kind of suck, to being totally deluded about the what's going on around you at a given time. There's a, a, I'd like to say that I'm a realistic optimist in the sense of I have full understanding of what's going on around me at a given time. And it comes down to choice, right? It comes down to a choice of whether I want to sit in the muck of a situation or the shit of a situation, or whether I want to look to the hope and the confidence and have confidence within the situation that the right thing is actually going to come out at the end. Now, optimism is a conversation I've actually been having uh, uh, discussing about around? What's the right word with that? About with a few different people over the last couple of weeks. And it's been fascinating conversations and very interesting thought that it's it's created uh, and inspired. So hence the inspiration for today's episode, BQS listeners. And it absolutely fits in with a couple of different key lessons and learnings that we share about and talk about regularly, whether that's in my book Align, whether that's on our BQS movement uh closed Facebook page, uh, which if you aren't already a, a member of, please, by all means, join. All you need to do is request to join, pop in that you listen to the podcast and you can join our community of, of like-minded souls that are looking to be proactive and hopefully optimistic within their health, within their life and within the ability to be able to adapt better to the stressors around them. But as far as optimism is concerned, I really think it's always important to go back to the definition of what does it actually mean? Because it gets a bit muddled sometimes. I think sometimes people think, optimistic means you have to be happy all the time. And it's actually been quite unhuman to be absolutely happy all the time because shit happens. We're constantly getting things thrown at us, whether that's good stuff or bad stuff. Or as I was talking about recently at the wellness summit, you might go on a bit of a run of shit sandwiches, which you obviously want to be able to avoid. But being in a state of optimism more often than not can certainly help you start attracting the right uh, the right things into your life. So what is optimism? Well, the definition of optimism is hopefulness and confidence about the future or the success of something. It's pretty simple, right? Hopefulness and confidence. It doesn't have to be something that you overcomplicate. And it also doesn't mean that you need to sit in some sort of fake state of happiness all the time. This week's been one of those weeks where I've had a few different curveballs thrown at me. And, you know, those weeks happen. I always work to find the joy within my day. And when those curveballs get thrown at me, I could either sit in hours and hours of being pissed off about something that's happened that was outside of my control, or I can move forward in an optimistic state knowing that it will either work itself out or there actually may need to be some action steps that I need to take to help work that out. 
Part of why I'm able to move through that more quickly these days is number one, because of the worry meter, which you guys would have, if you've been following BQS for a while, you would have heard me talk about before. But just in case you're new to, to listening along, is the worry meter is something that I developed quite a few years ago now. And what it does is it allows you to categorize anything that's going on in your day into one of three columns. Number one, is it something you can't change? At the other end of the spectrum, is it something that you can change? Or in the middle of the spectrum, it might be something you're not sure about. Now, that might seem super simple, and certainly this is not reinventing the wheel when it comes to the worry meter. However, it gives you a simple way of being able to categorize things. So very quickly, you can decide what level of energy you actually need to be giving it in the sense of how much focus and time does it require. To give you an example, during the week, most of you would know if you've been listening along is I've actually moved my home base up to Sydney. And so I've been working on renting out my property that I own down the coast. I had a tenant lined up. He was all ready to go. And then literally 48 hours before he was meant to be moving in, he pulled out at the last minute. Now, I'd already moved all my extra stuff out of said property. That had all happened the day before. And within 24 hours, uh, I got an email saying, look, he's, he's pulled out after we'd been waiting for a few weeks for him to sign off on. Now, there were a couple of choices in that moment. Sure, I was disappointed. I was frustrated. I'm even going to say I was pissed off as I was reading that email. But then very quickly, by practicing this train of thought of, is it something I can control? Is it something I can't control? Is it something I'm not sure about? Really quickly, I realized that as far as that was concerned, not something I can control at all. So what next steps do I need to take to make sure that we're finding a tenant for said property as quickly as humanly possible? Um, because obviously, uh, that has flow-on effects elsewhere. I could have sat in that for a really long time being really pissed off. It could have really affected my entire day versus dealing with it in that moment, accepting it for what it was, sending an email back to the real estate agent to actually get things flowing again and making sure that there was clear understanding of what access they had to the property and things like that. I hope that's making sense. It's a really um, – it's not an everyday example, obviously, but for some of you, you would understand that. And I'm sure you could be able to uh, move that across other aspects of your life as well. What it allows me to do, and part of the reason, as I said, why I can do that quite quickly is because I've been building up resilience in this area uh, for a long time now, but particularly over the last 12 months, I feel like there's been more curveballs thrown at me than ever before. And why I feel like I can handle that better is because I have a wide enough gap between what I can tolerate and uh, what's the right way of putting it, and also how much joy and optimism I can have within the day. So whilst there's curveballs that have come through over the last 12 months that have been bigger than others, is that there's certainly times where within every single day I can find joy, even in those days that have been harder than others. I hope that's making sense. As well as the worry meter, there's other things that I would certainly suggest that you may add into your day, uh, BQS listeners. And I touched on these last weeks when, last week, I should say, when we were reflecting, well, when I was reflecting on the last 12 months. And these things can really make a massive difference. I got some other news on Friday that really threw uh, me for a loop. And so the things that I did to be able to calm my busy brain from where it was going was a couple of key things. Number one is being really aware of what my brain is doing at any given time. That might sound a bit funny and you might be wondering, what the hell are you talking about now, Dr. M? But one of the areas that you would have heard me speaking about before if you've been following for a while is meditation. What we haven't spoken a whole lot around is how we have different brain waves and that what meditation actually allows us to do is to shift our brain waves into a different pattern, which allows us to create a different level of thought. Ooh, that's big, right? 
But that's what meditation's all about. It's actually about us learning the control over how our brainwaves actually working. Because when we're in a beta brainwave, our brains are very busy and that's the time where we're in conscious thought and it can be a bit hard to see the forest for the trees if you've been given a piece of news that's increased your cortisol levels that you're not quite sure what to do with and you may not even be able to use the worry meter very effectively at this point because your brain is being so, so busy. So one of the quickest ways to be able to see the forest for the trees is to literally shift your brain waves. Now, some of you would have heard me speaking before about the fact that when I'm driving up and down the freeway, so the hour on the freeway between down the South Coast and Sydney, is I get some of my best ideas. Part of the reason why that happens is because I'm listening to music. I'm actually zoning out. It is a form of meditation. You get into a meditative state and you move into a theta brainwave. So yesterday, whilst I was sorry, on Friday, whilst I didn't go for a drive, what I did do was pop my earphones on, turn my music up really loud, put one of my favorite songs on and was walking around the park with Atlas to actually shift into a theta brainwave so that I could get some more clarity of thought. What that allows me to do is in the times where I feel like the shit might be hitting the fan a little is again, it allows me to shift out of that state and move back into a state of optimism, which allows me to see the possibilities better. It's impossible to see the possibilities if you're stuck in the shit. I hope that makes sense. So to be able to have that optimistic, hopeful view, sometimes we literally need to be able to shift brainwaves. So that's one way of doing it is moving into theta. You can do other other guided meditations that move you into a theta brainwave as well. The flip side of that and the more highly activated brainwave, and you, if you follow along on my Instagram, you'll see me often talking about moving into a gamma state, a gamma brainwave state, particularly just before I'm going to go into practice. What gamma brainwaves, that's the highest frequency of our brain that our brain can actually function at. And what it does is when you can actually shift into a gamma brainwave state, it actually allows us to be more intuitive and to see more detail of the possibilities. So I'm going to say that again. If we're moving down into a theta brainwave, which is a slower brainwave, it's a calmer brainwave, it's almost a daydream brainwave. It's fabulous to actually shift gears, to drop cortisol levels and to be able to, to get a little more clarity. If you want more detail within that clarity, that's where we want to move into a gamma brainwave. And over the next few episodes, we'll probably be talking a little bit more about that. But moving into these, having the ability to shift our brainwaves, such an important component of being able to stay in an optimistic state more often than not. The other part that I think is super important when it comes to our level of optimism that we can have more often than not is who we're actually hanging out with and hanging out with a really cool collective of humans that drive you to be better, drive you to actually challenge your thoughts. Hopefully you have a bloody good time with and you have lots of lots of laughter uh, and there's lots of light around you as well in that laughter. People that actually energize you, that after you've hung out with them, you literally feel yourself buzzing versus, you know, there's those people that you hang out with and you sort of walk away from and go, oh, that was hard work. I can honestly say those people do not exist in my life for very long these days is that I, I feel no obligation to hang out with people that sit in the muck of life is I like hanging out with people that I feel energized with afterwards. Sure, I'm kind to everyone around me and I work on approaching things with unconditional love as much as possible and something I'm definitely working on. So I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it yet, but it's something I'm absolutely working on is approaching life from that point of kindness, unconditional love and from a heart space. The people I spend my majority of my time with are people that are, are curated. That might sound a bit funny, 
but I curate the time that I spend with people. I want to spend time with people that energize me, that light me up, that make me think, that make me laugh, that make me uh, – that's not even them making me because it's my responsibility to make me do anything, just to be clear, is that they inspire me to be better. I love hanging out with people that literally inspire me to be the best version of myself because it helps drive me further forward. I hope that makes sense, BQS listeners. That was all getting a bit deep and meaningful there for a moment. But your action step for this week, BQS listeners, is to work on that optimism through the week. If you're finding yourself dropping out of it, what steps can you take to move back into a state of hopefulness and confidence about that things are going to work out for the best? Because where our energy goes our attention flows. And if your energy is on the negative of things, that it's always going to be pear shape, it's not going to work out, it's going to be bad, guess what? It's really likely that you're correct. Whereas when you actually have attention on things working out, it's amazing how they can fall into place super, super quickly. Before I go today, my top five music this week has actually been on high rotation. It's an oldie. I've been listening to some really old music at the moment. It's quite funny actually. And I've been realizing how many favorite albums that I I really haven't listened to for a long time because obviously we only have so much time in the day to be listening to music. But um, High Rotation over this week has been Long Day by Matchbox 20. One of the things I love about music, and and you guys might be the same or you might be like, you're a nutcase, Dr. M, wouldn't be the first time I've been accused of that, is when you can recognize songs from the literally either the first beat or in this particular song, it's Rob Thomas's first breath. And you go, wow, I haven't heard – when I actually heard that song and I literally heard his breath, if you go back and listen to it, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's actually the first, before the first bar of music starts is he actually takes a, a breath and gets started. As soon as I heard it, I went, oh, my God, I love this song. And it got pumped up on the uh, – road on the way home the other night. Book of this week is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Halliday. Uh, fabulous book. It's about stoicism. It's really funny actually because sometimes when people think that I'm optimistic, I believe somebody said, I thought you might be a bit hippie with it during the week. And I'm like, yeah, far from it actually. I approach everything from a, a science background and also from uh, a point of view of realism. And I really like Ryan Holiday's book because he actually goes through how stoicism has played such a big part in great leaders in the world and why actually having optimism optimism through times of struggle creates the biggest change. De-stress this week, I actually hung at home uh, for the majority of the day on Wednesday and just spent a day to myself recharging. I'm an extroverted introvert in the sense of when I have spent a lot of time with people, I absolutely need time out just to recharge. Just me and Atlas, actually Atlas wasn't even here on Wednesday. Uh, that's a story for another time. Is actually just spending time on my own, which was quite challenging at various points because Atlas wasn't here. Um, but again, story for another time. But that was my de-stress this week is having a quiet day at home. Quote of this week, I mentioned it earlier, but it's where energy, your energy flows is where your attention goes. Super, super important to bear that in mind as you're trying to sit in a more optimistic state more often. And final thought for this week is my hope for you is you keep looking for the hope and have confidence in any situation that you're in that things are going to work out for the best. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way. It really doesn't. I get it. I really, really do. Can't tell you how much I get it. But having that hope that it will work out and it will work out in the best way possible and surrendering to that can be extremely empowering in itself. So that's it for this week, BQS listeners. I hope you have an awesome week. I'll catch you next week. Bye for now. 
Well, that's it for today's podcast, BQS listeners. Thanks again for joining us. Remember, if you would like to subscribe, make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes. And if you want to stay in touch, check out our Facebook page, The Queen of Stress, or on our Insta, The Queen of Stress. For more information and show notes, be sure to go to thequeenofstress.com to continue our journey together. Hope you have a fabulous week and I'll catch you next time. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.